I'm Naomi Kilberth, Christian clinical herbalist, owner of Laurel Tree Wellness, and host of the Family Herbalism Podcast. Here on the show, I bring to you loads of helpful information and practical tips to help you on your natural health journey. We cover common and unique symptom pictures, underlying tissue states and the stories that lead to them, and so many tools that promote and restore wellness, not the least of which is plants. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed by the conversation and leave with hope and inspiration. Are you ready? Let's begin. Welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. Okay, so you loyalists out there probably noticed that I did not write an email last week, nor have I released a podcast episode in over a week. I basically dropped off the map for a few days. So things were going great last Tuesday, and then I came home and went straight past go, did not collect $200, and went to jail. Not literally, but it definitely felt like it. About the time I came home from seeing clients, I had this odd sensation in my pelvis, but I couldn't quite put a finger on it. I didn't really know what it was. So I went to bed after taking horse chestnut, which is a tincture that I use. It's been my friend off and on over the years for overly relaxed tissues. I was hoping that that would bring down any inflammation that was there and tighten things up a bit. But a few hours later, I woke up from a dream about needing turmeric and the sudden realization that my bladder was not okay. The next morning, I had a fever, and well, the rest of the week, I was in the jailhouse that you would call the couch. The strange thing is that even though I am personally aware of what a UTI feels like, I never had any of the usual symptoms. It literally started in my bladder, which was a surprise to me. As soon as the pieces came together, though, it made perfect sense. Bladder infections, or UTIs, are for busy people who can't stop. Side note, I want to clarify that usually we think of UTIs as infections in the urethra, but technically they're infections that happen anywhere between the kidneys and the urethra. So bladder infections are a type of UTI, but not all UTIs are a bladder infection. This is a very important distinction when you're talking about how to address different types of infections. Anyway, for the last three weeks or so, I've been feeling like life is careening along and I can't quite catch up. The kids will ask me if they can do something new, and I feel like I have to get out next month's calendar in order to find a place for it. I get to the end of the week and I realize I had no time to plan, let alone record a new episode for the podcast. Now, I will admit that does not mean I haven't been taking down time at all. On some early mornings and frequently after the kids go to bed, I'll read fiction just for fun or watch a movie or do something else just for me. But admittedly, at that point, my brain is not fully functional and I don't see the point in trying to work. The rest of the day is go, go, go. And every spare five or 10 minutes is filled with smaller tasks that need to be done. And I know better than that. It's exactly this lifestyle that leads to urinary issues. Now, the irony here is that I actually started working with a plant a couple of weeks ago that is exactly for this problem. Matthew Wood, who is a well-known herbalist, calls for blue vervain when a person has warmth in their kidneys due to overwork, often at school, which could also be translated to work that involves lots of planning, organizing, and other things that take up brain space. I've noticed a difference in my stress level since beginning to work with it, which is really awesome. 
But I'm guessing that because it wasn't until there was already an issue growing that it was not in time for this particular situation. Today, I would like to share with you what I used to address my infection, a few other herbs that would have been nice to have on hand, and we'll talk a smidge about what to do if you choose antibiotics like I did. Actually, I want to start with that because I feel like it's the elephant in the room. Here, I had just recorded an episode about antibiotics, saying I hadn't had any since I was a kid, and now I'm using antibiotics, so what gives? I find that life gives us opportunities to be humble, and I have been getting a lot of reminders lately that humility is really important in my line of work. So it only makes sense that I would also end up in a situation where I needed to decide whether to use antibiotics for myself or not. All the pieces of this giant web led together to where I am today. I know all the dangers of antibiotics as I have shared. The one that I'm taking for this bladder infection is known to cause all kinds of side effects, not the least of which is a warning to drink plenty of water because it can flush too much uric acid into the kidneys and cause kidney stones. I mean, come on, kidney stones after a bladder infection? That's not fair. I do feel sorry for those who experienced the kidney stone before, or kidney stones, before they decided to warn people that it could happen. The most irritating side effect I have had with this particular round of antibiotics is intense muscle cramping. It started with my sides and low back, then my jaw, and then one of my thighs, and the soreness of that is still present even after almost two days. Although I knew about these potential issues, I decided to go ahead and take them because even though I was being very proactive with natural remedies, it's very hard to think through things logically when you're that sick. And I was concerned that, number one, my symptoms were progressing toward a kidney infection as fast as they had progressed to a bladder infection. And number two, that I wouldn't be able to think straight to know what to do, naturally or not. Plus, I was also admittedly frustrated because I had had a half a dozen clients texting me every, every day for help, and most of them I was not able to do anything about, even though they really needed it. And that always makes me feel like I need, I need to get busy and do these things and take care of these people, and it's really hard to um, accept the fact that I need to stop and take a break. So about 40 hours after the symptoms started, I added an antibiotic to the mix. I'll share the timeline of how I addressed symptoms and how they disappeared, but first I wanna emphasize that, as I said before, there are times to take antibiotics. I read a statistic recently that over 40 million courses are prescribed in the US when they should not be, as they are severely overprescribed. I've had UTIs with the usual lower urinary tract symptoms and have always been able to treat it naturally and have it disappear within 24 to 36 hours. But I don't want to mess around with a kidney infection and possibly sepsis if I can help it. And when I started peeing blood, I knew I was right to choose them. Could I have recovered without antibiotics? I expect I would have, but it would have been a much longer, more painful, potentially more dangerous situation and there's no need for that. Instead, I chose to use antibiotics and to take the appropriate measures to support my body through them. Another thought I'd like to share before I tell you what I've been working with for tools is that I would not necessarily recommend that others repeat what I did. 
The method I chose for taking these herbs and the size doses, for example, were based on low coherency at the time. And I'm also familiar with intuitive use of plants and not everyone is comfortable with that. When a person asks me about UTIs, I make recommendations, some of which are on this list, but today I'm sharing what I did and afterwards why, and then you can decide which of these you might like to keep on hand for dealing with urgent situations should they arise. All right, so on the first night, really around midnight when I woke up and realized I had a bladder infection, I got up and I made myself what I called a mock orange gin cocktail. In a tall glass, I added 1,000 milligrams of liposomal vitamin C, half a dropper of golden seal tincture, a dropper each of dandelion leaf and echinacea, and the gin flavor was made with two drops of juniper berry essential oil. I topped it off with water, stirred, and drank it while sitting in bed. The next day, I had a fever and I felt exhausted. Whether that was from not sleeping well the night before or because of the fever or both, I'm not sure, but I ended up taking an hour nap on the couch, which is really unheard of for me. For remedies, over the course of the day, I drank five tall glasses of water with 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C in each, a glass of water with fire cider, probably about a quarter cup of fire cider, half a dropper of golden seal, five drops of yarrow about eight times, and a dropper each of echinacea, dandelion leaf, and turmeric. On day three, the fever was gone, thankfully, but the pain had increased. The first thing I did while, since I didn't have a fever and was feeling a little bit more coherent, was to create a tea blend of which I had three cups that day. It was made with three parts corn silk, two parts nettle, one part each of plantain, horsetail, and burdock, and a half a part of yarrow. I also took a yarrow tincture three times, each dose being five drops more fire cider, and for each dose of antibiotics, I applied oregano essential oil to my lower abdomen. On day four, antibiotics and oregano, one cup of tea, one dose of yarrow, a dose of dandelion, a cup of water with vitamin C, a cup of water with fire cider, a cup of unsweetened cranberry juice, and about 10 ounces of kombucha. So as you can see, this was a lot of fluids. This was on top of all of the regular water I was drinking, which was probably about half a gallon of water a day or pretty close to it. By now, the feeling of being out of breath while walking across the house and lightheadedness were thankfully gone. I was starting to walk around the house cautiously as the inflammation of my bladder had made walking quite uncomfortable. Day five, antibiotics and oregano, cranberry juice, more fire cider, more yarrow and dandelion, more kombucha, tea, and vitamin C, and I got my hands on goldenrod and added that in as well in tincture form. This was the day I had developed pain in my sides and my low back, and the goldenrod is a specific remedy for those symptoms alongside, alongside bladder issues, so it worked really well. Since then, I've been alternating the tinctures mentioned, continuing vitamin C, kombucha, tea, cranberry juice, and fire cider, the tinctures I've been working with specifically continue to be goldenrod and turmeric. I'm limiting added sugar, and I've also eaten a whole English cucumber each day. I've been taking the antibiotics twice a day with oregano applied on my lower abdomen. 
So if you're going to take antibiotics, it's really important that you follow the instructions because if you don't, the infection can come back with a vengeance. This could happen whether you are taking an herbal antibiotic or a pharmaceutical version. And so if you stop taking it too soon, including the herbal antibiotic, the infection can come back. And I've seen that happen. It's not fun. The second time, it's always worse than the first. And it's usually harder to beat than the first time around. So you want to make sure that you take the full course, that you take it with food to help with absorption, that you make sure that the timing of the doses is appropriate. So some require four doses a day, some twice a day, but you want to make sure the timing of them is pretty consistent so that you're getting a steady dose of them for that full course. You'll also want to avoid any supplements taken around the couple of hours around each dose that might prevent it from being absorbed very well. And most of the time, it's recommended that you avoid taking any added magnesium, calcium, potassium, uh, or high fiber foods while on them, and definitely no alcohol. Alcohol during an infection is not a good idea anyway, as it hinders your immune system, but the effects of a buzz-on or a hangover can actually be quite similar to the dangerous side effects of antibiotics. So you wouldn't want to confuse them and end up with serious problems that you thought were just from the alcohol, but were actually not. As a side note, at some point in time during this whole process, I had this sudden thought about activated charcoal, which I have used numerous times for absorbing bacteria that is floating around in the gut, and I wondered what effect it would have on both the antibiotics and the bacteria. So I did some searching, and I found a study that was done several years ago in France that found that slow-release activated charcoal taken alongside antibiotics did not reduce their effectiveness at all because it allowed the antibiotics to get into the bloodstream, but it absorbed and allowed to be flushed out 99% of the excess drugs that would have been sitting around in the large intestine and colon wreaking havoc on the microbiome. This was really cool and I wish I had some on hand, but I don't. I just have regular activated charcoal and capsules and so I did not take those, but there is certainly some uh, reason to have some slow release activated charcoal on hand as a backup plan should you ever need to take uh, antibiotics. I do intend to take a probiotic, but because the antibiotic can kill off the probiotics, there's really no point in starting it until after the antibiotics course is done. So for now, I'm relying on foods and drinks that support the healthy bacteria that still exist. Today is day seven of my infection and day six of taking antibiotics, so I'm at the tail end of this business and I am definitely ready to move on. So with all that said about antibiotics, I would like to share why I chose each of the herbs that I did, beginning with the all-important fact that these are what I had on hand. So, you know, a lot of times I think we are tempted to feel like we have to prepare for every scenario and have all of the herbs and supplements on hand, but that really isn't the case because Unlike medications, which are usually for very specific purposes, supplements and herbs, culinary spices, basic food ingredients that are healthy for us are usually going to cover a wide variety of symptoms and concerns health-wise. And so 
you might have some things hidden in your pantry that you might not know would actually be helpful for these scenarios. And so I played on that a bit. I used what I had, did the same thing that I would do for someone who contacts me for help uh, and needs help deciding what they have on hand that they can use. Same situation. Um, there are definitely herbs that I would like to have used, including marshmallow, which is super soothing to an irritated and swollen bladder, or bearberry, which is the most common herb for UTIs recommended by herbalists, but I didn't have these available. So instead, let's run through the herbs and remedies that I did use in no particular order. Are you ready? All right, so the first was vitamin C. Vitamin C is really awesome for any kind of infection that you might have for supporting the immune system. I mean, there's so much research around the effectiveness of taking added vitamin C. Most people are deficient in nutrients that are needed for dealing with infections. You know, the recommended daily allowance is based on what we need to survive, not to heal from issues like this. So I took high amounts of vitamin C because also it helps to prevent bacteria from sticking to the mucous membrane lining of the urinary tract. It actually surrounds the bacteria. Uh, it just sort of like pulls it into itself, sticks to it, and then helps it to be uh, released through the digestive system through and through the urinary system. I also worked with fire cider. Now I happen to have a bunch of fire cider available. If you don't know what fire cider is, you should definitely look this up. There are tons of great podcasts out there, blog articles and things that you can look up, recipes that you can get for free. Uh, but essentially, it's like all the hot stuff, all the spices, all the roots that are really strong in flavor that are put together in a vinegar base. And it's very supportive of the immune system, very stimulating, very anti-inflammatory. It's just a really, really great thing to have available to sip on, uh, you know, as needed, maybe a little bit every day or especially if you are sick. So Things like garlic, which is great for UTIs, turmeric, which I did have a dream about and did not realize how much of a support it would be, not only to the immune system, but to uh, the urinary tract system, which is very interesting. But uh, anyway, those are in there. The hot peppers, which are helpful for regulating the body's temperature and stimulating the immune system. Those are all in there as well. So fire cider, and I did probably, I would put like a quarter of a cup uh, into a drinking glass and then top it off with water because it is very strong by itself. Some people can do it straight. That just feels too hot on my throat. So next is kombucha, which is fermented tea, and it is very supportive to the microbiome. So when you're talking about probiotics, you want to make sure that you get a really good combination of um, probiotic and prebiotic foods, the probiotics being those that actually have helpful bacteria in them, and then prebiotics being fibers that our bodies don't digest, and so they just get passed through and they actually turn into food for the good bacteria. And so looking at food sources is a really great safe way to support your microbiome. Tons of resources online for that, but kombucha is an easy one. Most grocery stores sell it now. 
Um, so the gut flora, it is essential for health and it's basically wiped out with the use of antibiotics. And so it's really helpful to focus on pre uh, and probiotic foods in this case to help both with the digestive symptoms that can come along with using antibiotics as well as helping your gut to recover after a course of antibiotics. Next, I used cranberry juice, and this has been shown in many studies to prevent bacteria from sticking to the walls of the urinary tract system. Often, it can be an integral part of actually preventing a UTI from traveling to the bladder. In my case, I didn't know it was there, so that would not have helped. But I did find one study that suggested that People who drink unsweetened cranberry juice on a regular basis can cut their risk of developing a UTI in half. And that was done among uh, women who had had a history of repetitive UTIs. So this was among people who were most likely going to develop another one. And so after you have a UTI, this can be really good, a really good tool for preventing it from coming back, but also it can shorten the length of a UTI uh, in the meantime. And as far as herbs, the first one that I worked with is yarrow. And this plant does have an affinity for the kidneys and bladder, but it's also a really great diaphoretic, which means that it can be helpful to the immune system and also helps to regulate temperature. And I know that fever isn't a bad thing, but yarrow doesn't kill the fever. It supports the body's efforts so the fever isn't necessary. It actually helps the body to warm up at the same time that it's helping to open the pores. So it's not killing the fever at all. It's just helping the body to circulate that temperature more effectively. I have found that small frequent doses are more effective in acute cases than a single larger dose once or twice a day, which is why you heard me talking about taking five drops several times a day while I had the fever. And anytime there is an internal infection, yarrow is among my top picks. Next up is oregano. Oregano and thyme are both very anti-infective, but as soon as I started with the antibiotics, oregano for me was a no-brainer. A few years ago, a study performed in my own state found that when oregano essential oil was used alongside antibiotics, it doubled their effectiveness at eliminating the infection without increasing the side effects. And I had, to try, I had a chance to try this out early in my essential oil days with a client who needed antibiotics. This was a really interesting experience. She had been working with uh, herbal remedies and um, beginning with antibiotics to treat her Lyme disease infection. And I had her applying oregano to her spine a couple of times a day because that's where Borrelia, the Lyme, you know, the common bacteria with Lyme disease tends to congregate. And she had a negative reaction to the medication and went to the ER. And apparently the type of reaction that she had is generally very serious. It wasn't just a digestive reaction. It was like a full-blown anaphylactic reaction. But the doctor was in shock because he said that this type of reaction should have had her calling 911 to have somebody come pick her up, and yet she walked into the emergency room herself. He said he'd never seen one that mild before, and she told me she was convinced it was because of the oregano. 
could it minimize symptoms? I don't know, but it was helpful for her anyway. And so I have used it in my case as well. I also worked with dandelion leaf. The root of dandelion is what I often choose to work with, but I switched to leaf in this case because the leaves of dandelion have an affinity for the kidneys. And I really wanted to help flush junk from my entire urinary tract. Uh, dandelion is very cleansing and so it's going to uh, promote urination and of course getting uh, urine flowing is really important with a UTI because that's how you get rid of the bacteria and so dandelion leaf was also top of my list. Now goldenrod, uh, I wasn't able to add this one in until many of the symptoms were already dealt with, but interestingly, it came just in time, like I was mentioning, to address one of the side effects that I had from the antibiotics, which was the side and low back pain. Goldenrod is also a diuretic like dandelion leaf, and it helps where a person feels unable to completely release their urine, which is definitely common with a UTI. It's also helpful where there is low back pain or knee or foot pain that is tied to the low back discomfort. In this case, there is inflammation and the bladder and the kidneys are tired. So I plan to keep working with goldenrod and I have that out on my counter. So it's something that I'm taking at least once or twice a day. I also worked with golden seal. This was my first choice out of what I had available. Uh, I did because of its antibacterial properties. I did not have bearberry or Oregon grape or another herb that has berberine in it. Uh, berberine being the active ingredient, which is extremely antibacterial, but I did have golden seal, which has the same constituent. And uh, so that's the one that I started with and consistently took uh, through the first couple of days of the antibiotics. I was adding it to my fluids because I wanted it to really get flushed through my system. And that's actually what I did with a number of these tinctures was to just put them right in my water and drink them down so they would uh, end up being at least partially uh, going through my kidneys. Now the first night when I first realized that I had something going on with my bladder, I added juniper berry essential oil, but then I stopped using it after that. So anytime I or another person has symptoms of a UTI, juniper berry is actually my very first pick. It's extremely antibacterial and very cleansing. And I have found that if you catch it early enough, a single drop in a cup of water will knock out an infection completely. It has worked every time that I have tried it. It's very powerful. However, it's also irritating to tissues if taken repeatedly. And because my bladder was already very irritated and I did not know that I had a UTI until it was well established, I decided not to keep taking Juniper uh, because I needed to focus on herbs that were going to be more effective with an upper urinary tract infection. And so that one remains one of my favorites, but I did not use it for very long in this particular case. Then I used echinacea. Now this plant is amazing at getting the immune system moving. It stimulates the production of white blood cells and helps to keep bacterial infections from getting out of control. It's a great herb to use for a couple of days at the beginning of infection and then you want to switch to other herbs that are more specific to that infection, which is what I did. And again, I added these to my water. It sounds like I'm adding a lot 
honestly, I didn't even taste it. Once I had that vitamin C powder in there or the liposomal vitamin C in there, uh, I didn't really taste it. Um, I don't mind taking them like that. And it might sound like a lot, but at the time I really just, you know, even though I generally work with micro doses, um, I felt like it was more appropriate to work with a larger amount and do that a few times a day for, for this case. I'm not entirely sure where that came from. Again, this is uh, a lot of it is intuitive. It's very safe to do that. Usually the doses that I work with are significantly smaller than what most people deal with uh, or recommend for herbs. And so I was certainly within uh, a safe boundary for, for the doses that I was taking. Um, but that's what I felt impelled to, to do for myself. So that's what it looked like. Um, all right. So next was turmeric and this was the plant that I had a dream about. I'm not sure why. Um, it's definitely not the first herb that I would think of for these symptoms, but I think that was a gift from God that he gave me that dream and said, you need to pay attention to this. Um, it is anti-inflammatory. It is certainly helpful in supporting appropriate responses of the immune system to infection. And so I think that maybe also there was a possibility that he knew that when I had this, this dream that it would help me to connect the dots and realize what it was that I was dealing with. But when I did some digging around, I found that there are actually studies that show that its active constituent curcumin blocks enzymes that trigger inflammation, stimulating the immune system, and that it has an antibacterial action that is specific for the bladder. So you'll notice that I've mentioned the word affinity for an organ system a few times. Very often an herb while it can have a very supportive effect for the entire body, will have an attraction in some way to a specific organ or organ system. And that when you work with those plants, you're more likely to get the effect that you're looking for than if you're working with a plant that has an affinity somewhere else in the body. Some of them are not organ or organ system based, but rather tissue type based. So for example, it could be an affinity for the blood or for mucosal tissue or for bones or, you know, various places within the body. And in this case, curcumin has an affinity for the bladder. It's also been shown to help excrete oxalates in various studies, which are what group together to form, uh, to make kidney stones. And so given the fact that the antibiotics can cause kidney stone formation, I think this is another very appropriate one to continue taking for a while to really help support uh, my um, urinary tract system in general. I also worked with nettle and this was the next few were in the tea that I created. Nettle was the first ingredient that I added to my tea blend. Nettle is similar to dandelion in its cleansing properties and its affinity. It's also nutrient-rich and supportive of the respiratory system in grasping oxygen. And during an infection where the breathing can become a bit difficult, and because that was one of my symptoms of feeling heaviness in my chest and racing heart when I stood up, I just felt like I really needed to get some extra 
oxygen in there. And so nettle was certainly going to be in my tea if I could help it at all. Then I also added corn silk to my tea. Um, I couldn't get marshmallow, but I was grateful that I had corn silk on hand. And this is literally just that silky stuff that you have inside the corn husks. It's It has a really awesome demulcent soothing property to it. And that means that it's uh, it does have anti-inflammatory properties. And when it hits mucosal tissue, it just creates this like gel-like substance that helps to calm that tissue down that's really angry. And corn silk also is attracted to the urinary tract system. Um, and so it's a really nice safe option for anyone with inflammation and pain in that area. Meadowsweet was also in my tea. I added this one because it has a soothing and pain-killing effect on mucous membranes and other sensitive tissues. It has salicylates just like willow bark and maybe not as antibacterial as some of the other plants I chose, uh, but it made sense as a supportive part of the blend. And then there was plantain. I've seen plantain work really well at cutting back internal pain when there is inflammation and even tearing of mucosal membranes, as in ulcers. It releases mucus-like material as a demulcent that soothes and then binds tissues together. Comfrey can work similar to this. Uh, it does have a vulnerary or wound healing property where it knits tissues back together. But in this case, I chose plantain because uh, I've seen it work really well with um, irritated mucus tissue linings and just felt drawn to that one. And then the last two were horsetail and burdock. Horsetail is very high in silica. I believe it is the highest known plant source of silica. And this is necessary for the creation of new tissue and it also has a strengthening toning effect for the bladder which would help to bring down inflammation and help to return it to its normal function again that's a largely nutritional supportive herb and then finally was burdock root this plant is nutritive and supportive of both liver and kidneys so you can see I had a variety of actions here I was looking for things that were antibacterial things were anti-inflammatory things that would help with uh, wound healing and pain, things that had an affinity for, you know, those sensitive mucosal tissue linings, things that were nutritive. And so I was really trying to create a blend of herbs that would address these concerns from a variety of perspectives. And moving forward, I'll continue drinking the tea blend until it runs out. And I will continue taking turmeric and goldenrod probably until those tincture bottles run out. I'm also going to continue taking blue vervain again. Uh, I did discontinue that during this period of time while I'm addressing the infection, but that's going to be part of my daily routine as soon as this ordeal is all over. I'll also be eating more pre and probiotic foods, continuing to minimize sugar intake, and I'll look, likely start a probiotic shortly. I also now have more motivation to take breaks and not be overly worried if I have to put tasks off to take care of myself because if I haven't learned this lesson then I don't want to think about having to address this again having to deal with a bladder infection or worse because I haven't learned my lesson and uh, so that's going to be forefront in my mind is how can I balance my 
plate and everything on it a little bit more effectively. One last thought to add into the mix is that this all started about three days after ovulation in my menstrual cycle. And in my last episode, I mentioned that I thought I needed to focus my attention next on balancing my hormones. And this week, I read a note in my protocols I had written a while back and completely forgotten on urinary tract health that these infections are more common in the second half of the menstrual cycle because progesterone, which rules that half of the cycle and is anti-inflammatory in nature, is expected to balance out the effects of the more inflammatory estrogen. But if it doesn't, because it's not in the right balance with estrogen for whatever reason, there is nothing there to stop the estrogen from causing inflammatory symptoms, hence UTIs. In this case, um, schizandra, got to pronounce that right, schizandra is the recommended herb. It is helpful for the person who is stressed, anxious, and can't sleep well because they're peeing all night. And I have worked well, uh, worked with schizandra with uh, clients because it works really well with anxiety and just overall tension. Uh, it is an adaptogen. It's very supportive for people who are under stress a lot. And so it does, uh, it has a nutritional focus as an adaptogen, but it also has a, an affinity for the urinary tract system. Frequent urination happening at night also means that the kidneys and bladder are overactive. And if the kidneys can't catch a break, they may not be able to respond efficiently to bacteria that is working their way up the urinary tract. All this to say it's just further confirmation that my endocrine system is next on the list of my things to address for personal health for sure. So I hope this episode has offered you encouragement and you've gotten some useful information to work with if you have a history of UTIs. If you would like assistance creating a personalized plan, feel free to reach out to me at laureltreewellness@gmail.com. Have a great week, everyone. Stay healthy, take care of yourself, and I'll hopefully see you back here next week. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You have the right and responsibility to make all health-related decisions for your own life. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. Thank you for listening.